0: everybody. Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini Sode. This is number 60. Uh, sorry we're not doing uh, an official episode this week. Uh, we're jumbling up the order a little bit because uh, uh, both Josh and I and a number of our friends uh, have plans this weekend. And we did not. I didn't really have time to put together uh, a full episode. So we will try to have a full one for you next week. In the meantime, uh, we are going to talk about... Uh, Oliver Stone's Platoon, the best picture winner for 1986. But here's what I'll say. If you are, if you feel the urge and you just like, I need to listen to a full episode, well, I've got good news for you. There is a new one that is available. You do have to pay for it, but it's only $2.50. It's, uh, it is our premium episode about Kevin Smith's dogma. It's about 90 minutes long, maybe even a little bit longer, and that is available at com. And so if you uh, were so kind to purchase that episode, then uh, that money would go towards help sending, helping to send me to uh, the International Christian Film Festival in Orlando. So I would really appreciate your support there. Uh, I would also say that you've only got a few days left to vote for us in the podcast awards uh you can click on a a button on morethanonelesson.com on the side of the page it'll just say podcast awards and that will take you to uh a post within the website that gives you all the information for how to do that uh correctly and by the way you can vote once a day per email address so i've got i think 4 or 5 and so if you've got a few hey just go on just go uh vote multiple times i don't care uh and they don't it's not unethical cuz they uh they encourage it uh they just want to get the clicks and I want to get a I want to get that trophy. Uh so okay. Uh like last week, uh Josh and I still have somewhere to go cuz we're recording this episode right after last week's. Uh so we're going to try and make this fast. Uh but I will welcome in Josh first. Josh, hi. How you doing? Good. All right. So, <laughs> now that's done with. Yeah. uh Are you doing any differently than you were last week?
1: Very much so. Yes. Oh, okay. All yes. right.
0: I did notice a like a slump.
1: Well, I fell down the stairs in between.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, which yeah. is yeah.
1: odd because I haven't left the room.
0: Yeah, it's like mental, like mental, mental stairs. stairs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, that's why I like to. If I'm not recording, I'm just a blank slate. I just stare straight ahead. My
1: eyes not yeah. focused on anything. I'm just. I'm hitting the my mental life alert. There you. Yeah. I'm saying I. I'm help. I've mentally fallen and I. Can't mentally get up. Do you think, let me ask you this, because at this point, you know, we're both
0: into our 30s and life alert and I've fallen and I can't get up. That is very much a a pop culture reference at this point. Yeah. Do you think that people younger than 23 know what that is at all?
1: I don't know. It's hard to say. I would guess teenagers do not know what that is. Okay. Uh,
0: uh, but if, if we have any listeners that are younger than 23, email me, Tyler, more than one lesson dot com and let me know if you know what that is.
1: Without Googling it. That's cheating. Right. You just
0: instinctively right now, pause this episode, go and email me and let me know and then start the episode up. Again. <laughs> uh, here's why, because we're going to be talking about Oliver Stone's platoon which won Best Picture, Director, Sound, and Editing in 1986. Uh, I have, up until today, when I rewatched the movie, uh, I have only seen Platoon. I had only seen Platoon once in high school,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'll say this: I remembered a lot of it. That really? is not a film that faded from memory. Hmm. I specific. I remember characters' names. I remember yeah. lines of dialogue. I remember specific shots. I remember the music that that so often plays. I remember the the basic structure of the story not that not that it's a you know not that it's a super tight story it's kind of meandering as yeah. one would assume. Um I remembered a lot and I was actually kind of excited that like oh wow that's for having not seen it in probably 15 16 years mm-hmm. I'm doing all right. And I think some of that comes down to the type of movie that it is and just how powerful the imagery is yeah. in the story being told. Uh Oliver Stone is a director who tends not to be very subtle, and this is a film that is not very subtle. No, um, but the result of that is that when you watch a movie like Platoon that was particularly close to his heart because he was uh, in the infantry, infantry in Vietnam,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, when you run across uh, a powerful, a powerful film, and you have a guy who is not who doesn't want to pull punches and will just totally commit to the concept. Uh, I feel like you – it could be a misfire. You never know. But in this case, I think it's very, very powerful. Hmm. Um, so before we get into the specifics of it, I will ask you, when is the last time you saw Platoon? Well, let me ask you this. When did you see it for the first time and when is the last time you saw it? I
1: think I've only seen it, it might once. Be the same answer. Right? Yeah, which was in college. Okay. Or shortly after? No, I think it was in college because by the end of college, I think I had seen all of the Best Picture winners. I oh, think. Okay. Maybe shortly after let that.
0: Let me ask you this, then. Do you think you're better than me? Yes. Because I haven't seen all the best pictures? Yes. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. Yeah. It's just, i just like to know where I stand with you. Okay. Do you think you're better than the listeners?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Josh at MoreThanOneLesson.com, everybody, if you want to <laughs> uh, chime in and, and uh, let yeah. him know that he's no uh, better than you.
1: If you disagree, go ahead. Send me an email. I'll just delete it because I'm better than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He will delete it. Um, so... Uh,
0: yeah, did you. How did you respond to it when you first saw it?
1: I don't know. I feel like I didn't have a real strong response to it. Hmm. Um, although, you know, I feel like I have kind of a preconception of Oliver Stone going into his movies. And so I don't know if I need to. I don't know how much I'm able to put that aside. Because you know it's going to be like an anti-war movie right um and so i don't know i i wonder if there's too much of me in watch or there was at the time too much of me thinking of it only as like this is his movie just talking about how he doesn't like war yeah um and then kind of missing the other stuff about it so i don't know i i feel like that could have been my experience of it the first time
0: it's very interesting because uh, uh, I think maybe it's this might have been one of my first – this film might have been my first exposure to Oliver Stone, probably either that or Wall Street.
1: Yeah, yeah and you saw it younger than I did too, so yeah. I feel like it would be more affecting uh, at a younger age.
0: Yeah, I consider it one of the best war movies of all time hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, I'm not opposed to a movie being anti-war, uh, provided – I'm, I'm not opposed to that as a – as a philosophy, and I'm certainly not opposed to a film, uh, putting that out there, uh, even, and even if it leads with the message, if it's not sacrificing character and dialogue and just all the other things that make a movie great, uh, then I'm fine with it. And I feel like having rewatched the movie today, uh, I was, I, I was worried that I would think it was very ham fisted. And while he certainly does make some decisions that are that are not very subtle uh it never strikes me as ham-fisted the the anti-war aspect of it seems very earned um and more specifically like there's a there's a scene where charlie sheen's character he dropped out of college so that he could enlist because he seemed to almost do it as sort of an act of rebellion almost in a in a chris mccandless kind of way with Hmm. uh into the wild where he did it as an act of defiance against his rich parents and his rich upbringing. And he, and as he's saying to this other guy, he's saying like, you know, I just, I feel like, uh, I feel like maybe the, the rich people have had, you know, why should the rich people get off easy and the, and the poor people, uh, have to deal with this. And then one of the guys that he's talking to, it's like, he goes, only a rich person would think like that. <laughs> and he's like, and the attitude being like, you had an out. Why on earth? Uh, that's this is all well and good, but you're actually not helping me mm-hmm. by doing this. Mm-hmm. You're only screwing yourself and any and like the people that love you. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I like about it is because it they, it could have really made the character seem noble, mm-hmm. uh, but in, instead it makes him seem a little bit self righteous. Hmm. And especially the minute he, I mean, he regrets it within a week doing yeah. this thing. Yeah, and so I feel like it doesn't really. And even Tom Berenger plays, for all intents and purposes, the villain of the film, Sergeant Barnes. He's got scars all over his face, and he's kind of monstrous. Uh, But it even it even acknowledges that he is quite war torn, and he is a survivor, and that you can't that in war you need people like him if you are going to live. You may not like it, but you need it, and it's just, I don't know, it's. when I think of Oliver Stone, I think of a guy who definitely has his mind made up about things and about people, and mm-hmm. he will portray them a very specific way. And yet, as time has gone on, when I watch his better movies, um, I think I, – I see that, no, he actually does seem willing to explore how a person arrives – how a person he doesn't like, whether they're fictional or non, uh how they arrive at who they are. I mean, to me, obviously Oliver Stone does not like Richard Nixon. Yeah. But I feel like in the movie Nixon, he gives him about as fair as a, a fair shake as anybody does. Hmm. Um, or as anybody can. Uh, realizing that it's like, oh, as much as I might hate this guy, I don't think I hate him as much as he would ever hate himself. And maybe that's the issue. And it's, so when he, I think when he decides to really explore something i think he does in the best possible way Mm -hmm. and so i feel like the 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 philosophical tone of platoon is is mostly earned Hmm. um and it is a very harrowing movie yeah um i'd be interested to know what you think of it now yeah do you still think of oliver stone this way
1: um I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but that's probably because I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies hmm. since. I don't know. I, I his, his are not movies that I go back to and watch that often. And I've only seen four of them, maybe, and probably. Hmm.
0: I've seen quite a few, actually. I haven't seen yeah. all of them. Um, he's making a movie about Edward Snowden that I think is going to be fascinating. Hmm. Um, and so... Uh, but, yeah, I think Platoon is probably his best. Well, no, JFK is his best. Mm. Uh, I think that's a really wonderful film. Yeah. But what's interesting is, like, there's five years in between Platoon and JFK. And JFK is a movie that is, like, editorially insane, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the best possible way. Like, the way he – like, the, his cutaways and his insert shots, it's just so there's, – there's a – and maybe he felt like he needed to do that because there he needs it to be propulsive and energetic because mm-hmm. he's just giving you information. Right. Um, there's really none of that on Platoon. Like, it's very straightforward. He doesn't cut away to sim- uh, symbolism. He just has regular, you know, these regular guys talking to each other, trying to survive, and uh, an emotional toll being taken on them. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's – I I really – I really respond to the movie more than – especially today. More, I, today, I expected to kind of look at it the way you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Oliver Stone, super preachy and stuff. And he still is, but he – he wisely creates a, a character that would say characters that would say these things. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just being like, all right, I, Oliver Stone, have something to say, and I'll just put it in whoever's mouth that happens to be talking.
1: Right. And now. maybe it helps that the characters that he's, that he's created in this movie are more like himself, are closer mm-hmm. to who he actually is rather than say Gordon Gecko. you know, like right. Gordon Gecko is a, is a, an interesting character. And I think he's brilliantly played, but the stuff that he says is, right. is not stuff that that character would necessarily say. Yeah. Um, and that might be because he's, there's more of a distance, but you know, like you said, Oliver Stone was actually in the infantry in yeah. uh, Vietnam. So these are, these are probably like people he was and people he knew. And it's, it's, uh, which is
0: maybe why he felt like. Oh, such and such a character is based on this guy I knew who yeah. maybe died or didn't. Either way, I have a duty to that man to right. portray him well.
1: Yeah. Um, which is funny. I, seeing that this movie and uh, Wall Street came out back to back and having just watched Wall Street recently, even what I remember of Platoon, which, like I say, isn't uh, isn't as much as I'd like, but it seems much more real than Wall Street does. Wall Street oh, yeah. feels like it takes place in kind of an alternate universe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Platoon seems like his most down-to-earth, uh, realistic film. Again, even when you have a a villain who's got scars all over his face, uh, and then a, uh, uh, well, Charlie Sheen's the protagonist, but you have a very much a Christ figure who even dies in a Christ-like way, Mm -hmm. played by a guy who would go on to play Christ a few years, a couple (laughs) years later, um, probably because of this movie, if I had to guess. Um, but, uh. You know, so you you have a scarred up villain and a Christ figure, and yet it doesn't seem it does not seem uh fisted to me. Yeah. Not not at all, which is and I think a lot of that has to do with the acting. Uh Tom Berenger, another uh last week we talked a lot about William Hurt being an eighties actor. Tom Berenger is very one much one? an eighties yeah. actor. Um and so, uh, but he plays uh, Sergeant Barnes. He's nominated for supporting actor for it. He does a really great job. And then Willem Dafoe plays Sergeant Elias. So these guys are both sergeants. They're both. It, this goes actually a lot to what we were talking about in our Foxcatcher episode. These these guys are equal, and yet, you know, two sides of of kind of the same coin.
1: Yeah, they're two uh, different examples of leadership,
0: right? And uh, and what's interesting is there is even a lieutenant who is above both of them but both guys kind of walk all over him because they're actually in it with they they have a, they're much more connected with with the the grunts. Mm-hmm. He though he's still in the midst of battle, he has to talk to them and then they talk to the grunts. And mm-hmm. so they actually in the in the eyes of of Charlie Sheen's character and stuff, they actually have more authority than the lieutenant does. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Um so yeah, and it's a it's yeah, there's there's some great actors in this. Johnny Depp is in this movie. You know, I know that's weird. Um, as is Forrest Whitaker, Mark Moses, Kevin Dillon, Keith David. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, and I remember uh, when I'm feeling particularly judgmental of Charlie Sheen, which is a which is an instinct I feel probably three times a day. Um, okay, that's I'm being over. Uh, I'm,
1: <laughs> that's I'm thinking, thinking Charlie. about Charlie Sheen more yeah. than you need to.
0: Um, Charlie Sheen's great in Platoon, and he's re- and he's great in Wall Street. Yeah. And he's great in Ferris Bueller's day off. He's not in it very long, but I think he's great in it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and of course, and I I do wonder though his performance in platoon is great. I wonder, was he cast because his father was in apocalypse now and Oliver Stone wanted to hearken back to that. It could be. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of questions with, with this movie. Um, and frankly, even if he was cast for that reason, he makes it his own. Yeah. And it's a strong character. Um, but yeah, so, uh, like I said, the film won best picture, director, sound, and editing. Picture and director, sure. I'm on board with both of those. It definitely deserves sound. Like, it's because they're just walking through the jungle and every, and, you're meant to be paranoid along with them. So you mm-hmm. hear bugs and, and you have to pay attention to every twig that might snap. I love that. It's edited in a very specific way that uh, I feel like the best war movies are, which is there's chaos in the midst of battle and like you're trying to find whatever anchor you can, but it's just absolute insanity Yeah, and, and good luck to you trying to make any kind of sense of it. So, uh, and then it was nominated for supporting actor for both Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe uh, screenplay and cinematography. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a technically wonderful film. I think it's thematically very powerful. I think the characters really, uh, stuck with me. And like I said, I mean, I was surprised as I watched it today. That like, I remember so much of this. It is a film that really doesn't fade from memory. Um, and frankly, in some cases I wish it did. There is a character named junior. He's not a, not a huge part, but I have a very specific memory from when I was like 16 or 17 watching this of his death scene where he is getting stabbed by bayonets over and over again. And the look on his face, he's dying and his brain is not functioning. And the look on his face is dumb. Like he, it's a silly look on his face. Um, and I remember just think and that, and it actually happens a couple more times where as characters die or as they are dying, they look silly like whatever like there's no there doesn't seem to be any nobility in mm-hmm. this death it is a sad frustrating uh thing mm-hmm. and so i still remember i remember the character's name i remember what he looks like i remember how he died i remember the noises he makes from
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: 16 years ago Wow. Um, and then any number of other of other scenes so it is a film that i'd say be careful uh because if you, it's not a it's not a romp, nor does it have any of the, any of the heart of Saving Private Ryan. Like, it is a deeply cynical film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As, I, I, think as it's because, I think it probably should be. Right, because that's how it feels about Vietnam. It feels like there's no point at all. Whereas, like, something like Saving Private Ryan, uh, while it is still depicting the, hor- the horrors of war... Uh, There still is a nobility behind all of it because at least within the world of that movie, it's for a greater, greater good.
0: So, uh, but yeah, I certainly would not warn anybody away from it unless, of course, they were squeamish about violence because you also see some of the American soldiers do some pretty horrible things to the locals Mm -hmm. um, because they've lost – any kind of moral conscience and that sort of thing. So it's it's very powerful. Um, Looking at the other Best Picture nominees, there's Children of a Lesser God, which I've not seen, Hannah and Her Sisters, which I love, The Mission, which is incredibly overrated, and A Room with a (laughs) View, which I haven't seen. Um, So I've only seen Hannah and Her Sisters, The Mission, and Platoon. Have you seen The Mission? Yes. I've... I never liked it. I like Jeremy iron's character. I think it's a gorgeous looking film, but I never really responded to the story. I don't. And, and so many people have said, you should do a more than one lesson episode about the mission. I'm like, ah,
1: well, I don't want to. It's one of those films that is very beloved by the Christian community because of the, uh, there's a lot of Christian imagery in there, whether it's, it's pretty intentional. I was going to say whether it's intentional or not, but I think it's pretty clearly intentional. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a good movie. It's, it's not one that I, that I love or that I've returned too often. I might've seen it twice. I think I saw parts of it and then I saw the whole thing later. Yeah. By the time I saw it, I, I certainly knew that it had a, a
0: reputation within the Christian community. Uh, and so I think I went in with fairly high expectations because so many people say like, Oh, you got to see the mission. And when I finally saw it, I thought, yeah, it's fine. Like mm-hmm. I just, it just bothered me, uh, because I had such high hopes for it. Maybe if I were to watch it again, I'd be a bit more forgiving. But uh, but yeah, so... And I've heard Chil- Children of Lesser God are gr- is great. I've it's, heard... It's uh, based
1: on a play, isn't it? I think so. I, I don't know too much about that one, but I feel like I should.
0: And then I've heard A Room with a View is also great. Uh, but I haven't seen either of those. I have seen Hannah and Her Sisters, which I think is marvelous.
1: Uh, I, I like Hannah and Her Sisters a lot.
0: Like, if it was... Like, of the Best Picture nominees, I'd be hard-pressed to say which I would like, which I prefer, Hannah and Her Sisters or Platoon. I know which one I personally prefer. I prefer mm-hmm. Hannah and Her Sisters, but I see, I think Platoon is certainly a, the greater achievement.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think I could say that.
0: Um, but yeah, so looking at other interesting 86, uh, 1986 releases, um, you've got... You've got some really interesting movies that have made a, a certainly an impact on culture like Blue Velvet mm-hmm. and The Fly mm-hmm. um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, An American Tale, <laughs> Labyrinth, Aliens, uh River's Edge which I love, Stand by Me, Top Gun, Little Shop of Horrors, Big Trouble in Little China, Pretty in Pink. Like there's a, again like There's
1: a lot of super 80s stuff on that list, isn't <laughs> there? So, like yeah top gun is is a lot of these ones typify the 80s yes. you know top gun big trouble in little china uh labyrinth like yeah. a lot of those ones pretty in pink yeah pretty in pink yeah. those, those can't exist outside of the 80s and when you think of the 80s you think of many of those ones and you know uh in
0: the last set, we talked about the all the different filmmakers putting out stuff mm-hmm. uh, so let's see looking at this okay so we've got oliver stone we got Woody Allen, and that's just from uh, the Best Picture nominees. Yeah, you got David Lynch, David Cronenberg, Martin Scorsese. Uh, you've got John Hughes. Mm-hmm. You've got Francis Ford Coppola with "Peggy Sue Got Married," which is a film that everybody should see. It's wonderful. I
1: forgot about that movie.
0: Did you have you seen it? No, I haven't. I think it's wonderful. You've got James Cameron. You've got yeah. Peter Weir with the "Mosquito Coast." Yeah. Um, let's. Rob Reiner, stand by me. Rob right? Reiner, stand by me. Uh, John Carpenter, uh, "Big Trouble in Little China." Like it's yeah. A lot, of, a lot of notable filmmakers yeah. now, although, you know, uh, James Cameron wasn't James Cameron yet. He's the guy who right, made right. the Terminator, and then he made Aliens, and suddenly it's like, that that's the movie that made him what he is, I yeah. think. Um, and then he did The Abyss and Terminator 2, and I think that really solidified it. But, um, but yeah, a lot of really great movies here. Um, I don't love Blue Velvet like some people do. Um, I've never really responded to it that well. Um, I do, however, love The Fly.
1: I I do, too, actually. And Blue Velvet is one I I like, but I don't like as much as some other David Lynch. Um, But The Fly is that's one that's kind of essential Cronenberg to me. And I feel like that's, that's probably my favorite of his films.
0: Yeah. As it's, far as essential Cronenberg, I think it's between that and Videodrome. Yeah. As far as the movies that are the most like him, although these days that's not what he is. Like, no. And it's, from like 2000, from history of violence on, which at this point has been 10 years. Yeah. He's been a, a, a very different kind of, sorry, not a different kind of filmmaker. His films still have that oppressive quality to it, mm-hmm. but he just goes about it in a very different way.
1: Yeah, it, it's strange. I feel like people who people who would uh, probably younger filmgoers don't think of him as like the body horror guy. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's what that's what we think of. I mean, yeah. this Videodrome, Scanner's, uh yeah. really um uh Dead Ringers to oh, a degree yeah. as well. He did Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch, yeah.
0: Even he even did Existence, which got eclipsed by uh The Matrix.
1: I think that's a good movie. I like I Existens. love Existence.
0: And even that and that's, you know, kind of a virtual reality thing, which is a big a big type of which sort of almost was a sci-fi subgenre at the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but people have to plug in and even the port has this gross organic yeah. quality to it that's it's just like disturbing. he made that his own. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so I love The Fly. I'm also a big fan of Mona Lisa. Uh, it's a film that has gotten kind of – that has sort of been forgotten over the years. I don't think I know that one. It's uh, – it is the film that uh, got people to pay attention to Bob Hoskins. No? He was nominated for Best Actor. Probably should have won. Hmm. Um, he's wonderful in it. Um, looking at looking at the rest of these, I like River's Edge. I think that's great. Um but yeah, I, a lot of these are very genre movies mm-hmm. that I would have a hard time saying like, oh, Big Trouble in China clearly should have won best picture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um I do think Peggy Sue got married deserves to be rediscovered. So listeners, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched that one, seek it out. Um but yeah, I think uh I think I'm per- I'm perfectly fine with Platoon winning best picture. I think it maybe is the best movie of that year. Yeah. Um and I think we might are, are there any other here that any other movies here that you feel like you need to uh talk about for a moment? Hmm.
1: Not necessarily. I saw stand by me for the first time, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh really? So that's of all of these, that's the one that's freshest in my memory. What did you think of it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Cause for someone that didn't grow up with it, I'm all, I'm
0: curious to know, like, uh, I mean, I grew up watching stand by me. My wife yeah. loves it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you who I would venture to say, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't view you as the sentimental type. And Stand By Me has a certain degree of sentiment to it.
1: Yes, yeah, so it definitely, there's a, there's sentimental. And there's a, there's a, it, sometimes it feels like it's laying the nostalgia on a little heavy. Yeah. Um, but I think the connection between the kids is good. It, there's one thing, too. It's hard to think of it outside the context of here's a bunch of guys who are, have either become actors now or, uh, are dead. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit strange. So it's hard to, it's a little hard to see it outside of that. Um, yeah. outside of like, can you believe how young Kiefer Sutherland looks or, um, yeah. Or, uh, like what would have happened to, uh, to, um, river Phoenix if he hadn't died or, you know, yeah. And especially since that character has such like, uh, he seems so doomed the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's a, that's a little eerie.
0: And then when you, and when you see Corey Feldman, who's really great in the movie, um, and his character has some darkness to him as yeah. well. Uh, and then you see kind of what happened, what has happened to him over the years. Right. It's kind of a sad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, uh, I just wanted to get, look at the uh, list one more time. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're good. 86 was, I think a very good movie year, um, with a very worthy best picture winner. Mm-hmm. The next one we're going to do is 1985. <laughs> In which Sydney Pollack, a very solid director, made a movie called Out of Africa, which I have not seen, so I will be watching that
1: sometime in the next couple weeks. Who's to say you may come back and and love it?
0: I might. Who knows?
1: It's possible. It's possible. Um, but yeah,
0: so that is, is what the next one will be. Uh, once again, everybody, if you want to purchase our premium episode, we would certainly appreciate it. It's only $2.50. Um, just view it as a very low level donation that you actually get an extra episode for. And it, by the way, I'm actually kind of proud of that episode. Uh, I'm very happy with the conversation we had.
1: I think that's a good one. I think, uh, yeah, I think it has a lot of good stuff about, um, uh, I don't know, because it has to approach faith and film. So head on, uh, in both ways, I feel like it's, it's a very interesting discussion.
0: Yeah, and it's it's kind of a bummer that a move that an episode I'm so proud of is the one that the few that the that the least <laughs> number of people will listen
1: to. Well, let's change that. Listeners, get out there and, and get that one. You, Two dollars and will, fifty cents. You will enjoy it.
0: Uh, and then also, please vote for us in the podcast awards. So, all right, Uh thank you everybody for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.